I'm Helena and I'm a medical English teacher and registered nurse in the UK. I interview English speakers about their health to help you become more familiar with the language used to talk about different medical topics. My aim is to build your confidence in interactions with your English-speaking patients and healthcare colleagues. Welcome to English Practice for Healthcare. I have asked people to speak slower than usual, but the best thing about this podcast is the real language you will hear. Depending on your English level, it could be helpful to read whilst you listen, and transcripts for each episode can be found on my website, www.englishpracticeforhealthcare.com. The language is probably most suitable for intermediate English learners and above. However, a challenge is always good. So whatever your level, I hope you will enjoy this opportunity to hear these natural conversations about personal health experiences. Okay, let's get started. This third episode is based on the experience of Vicky. Vicky is a 37-year-old female who has Crohn's disease. The time when I was putting this episode together, between the 1st and 7th of December, happened to be Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. The campaign this year wanted to draw attention to the fact that it can be difficult for people with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis to find the right words and language to talk about their condition. For example, describing their symptoms and the different ways it impacts on their lives. This includes with their family and friends, their employees, and also with healthcare professionals. In the first half of the episode, you can develop your listening skills by answering the questions... What experience is Vicky talking about with me? And secondly, Vicky will describe one of her treatments. Was it a success or not? Which means, did the treatment work? Was it effective for Vicky? Two pieces of vocabulary to listen out for. Vicky refers to some people with her condition having the bag. Here she is referring to a colostomy bag which is also referred to as a stoma bag, and she uses the word tummy. This is just another word we use to describe the stomach area in English. It's a patient-friendly term, which can be used in informal interactions. Okay, so good afternoon, Vicky. You all right? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Can I call you Vicky? What what do you like to be called? Yeah, you can call me Vicky. At work, I'm a Victoria because that's more serious. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm okay to call you Vicky. Yes, that'd be nice. Thank you. Lovely. So where are you from? I'm from Sheffield, but Mm -hmm. I've lived in London since 2010. Oh gosh, that's a long stint. Yeah, really long time. Mm -hmm. So do you feel you've got an accent? Um, I think people in London would think that I had a soft northern accent Mm -hmm. because I say bath instead of bath, Mm -hmm. path instead of path, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I have an accent. No, I I don't think you have too strong an accent (laughs) either. Um, so could you tell me a little bit about your lifestyle? What's a normal week or normal day look like Mm -hmm. for you? Well, I work full time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a desk job 
um, and we're hybrid. So sometimes I go into the office, sometimes I work from home. Um, but I prefer going to the office at this time of year because I don't have to pay for my heating. <laughs> <laughs> Wise. Yeah. Um, and then in the evenings, um, I like to see friends. I like to go to the gym, do mm -hmm. running, go to exercise classes, mm -hmm. go out for dinner and drinks. Mm. And yeah. What's your favorite type of food? Good question. At the moment, I have been going for a lot of Mexican meals. Oh, okay. Um, but I like it. Oh, I do like a good pasta, uh -huh. nice creamy pasta. So, yeah. But that's the, the good thing about London is you can you yeah. find every cuisine. So. Yeah. Because that's another one of your passions. Yeah, because you mentioned Italian food, Mexican food is travel. Mm, yeah, I do like to go on holiday, <laughs> get some sun. Um, so yeah, exploring Europe, mm -hmm. um, going to Spain or going to Italy, going skiing, nice. just to get away. And that's yeah. the good thing about living in London too, you're near the airport. Mm -hmm. So quite active holidays as well when you go, you, you might be yeah. skiing or... Sometimes it's nice or... just to be on the beach with a book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but in May... 2022 you were diagnosed with Crohn's disease um so can you talk me through that like what led up to that diagnosis and yeah sure so um in about November 2021 I sort of was feeling quite bloated and was having to go to the toilet a lot and mm -hmm. if I look back at pictures I was actually on holiday at that time and if I look back at the pictures you can see my tummy's like quite big oh, but at the time I just thought well you're on holiday you're eating a lot you know you're in a different surroundings and then it was Christmas and I was still kind of like having to go to the toilet a lot up in the night to go to the toilet mm. um and then but then you think well it's Christmas we're eating mm -hmm. a lot you know mm -hmm. and then it got to January and it didn't settle down um so I, so I thought mm, maybe this isn't quite right. Mm. Um, so I went to the GP and I was having a bit of blood as well when I was going to the toilet. Oh God! But again, you think, well, maybe it's hemorrhoids. Maybe, it's, you know, okay. you, you know, you think, well, am I stressed? Mm. Um, so I went to the GP who prescribed some tests, um, like a, some blood tests and a fecal calprotectin test, which is yeah. when they test your poo. Yeah. Um, and those came back with signs of inflammation. Okay. Um, and the GP said, well, you probably need a colonoscopy. Oh, gosh. Yeah, to, to see what that actually is. Um, so referred me for that. Um, How did you feel before that? When I, you went on the day of yeah, the, that procedure? Um, a bit nervous. Because um, you have to do all the prep. Mm. um mm, yeah so by the time you get there you've been like nil by mouth and you sort yeah. of don't feel your best but to be honest I was just I was just kind of glad that it hadn't all been in my mind I just yeah. thought may you know maybe you'll just like have IBS or have a gluten intolerance or you know maybe you're stressed and you've kind of brought it on yourself so I was just kind of relieved to know that it was actually something that was wrong oh, that's interesting yeah and before you went to that did they did the gp say 
we're looking for this we think it might be this or was it just we don't know were you um when the when the gp said it looks like it's some sort of inflammation i think they said so it'll either be crohn's or ulcerative colitis right um so and then a suit like when you go for the colonoscopy you're awake mm-hmm. or i was awake and as soon as they went in they were like oh yeah it's inflamed so they knew it was definitely one of those things okay and then it was pretty straightforward for them to tell what it was right so what happened from there then so you actually fortunately got that diagnosis quite quickly yeah so i got the official diagnosis in may and then um got started on some drugs Mm -hmm. um and then we just were sort of trying different drugs to see if they would work um, to sort of ladder down. That's Mm. how they described it. Um, But nothing was really working. I was on steroids, which weren't really working. Mm. And then eventually they decided to try me on um, a diet that was just these drinks for six weeks where all you would drink is these drinks and it just try and give your bowel a rest and hopefully put you into remission. Okay, okay. Um, so how long was that, sorry, from being diagnosed to being put on that, a liquid only diet? Yeah, that was in October. So this time last year. Okay. And how do you felt like how, can you just tell me a bit about when they told you about Crohn's, what sort of feelings did you go through? What, for example, how much did you know about it? Do you ever heard of Mm. Crohn's before? I'd kind of heard of it in passing, but I didn't really know what it involved. And then when you start Googling it, you realize there's people who are very unwell and have like the bag Mm -hmm. and have had to have lots of surgeries and, uh, you know, have to be fed a different way. Mm. So, and because it's incurable, I was a bit worried that um, I would just get more and more and more ill. Mm. Mm. Um, and there's just kind of never an, never an end date like yeah. that. that's just it now for the rest of your life and I think that was a bit difficult to get your head around yeah. and to to say well this is part of who I am now yeah. yeah sort of you have to think of yourself in a different way like oh right I'm an ill person now mm. so that was a bit strange yeah yeah so it affect- affected like your identity yeah my identity like my self-esteem yeah um and I just felt like I wouldn't be able I think I felt like I wouldn't be able to live a normal life again yeah Yeah. um and because things were always changing you know I was at one point I was on loads of different tablets a day and you know going for lots of appointments loads of blood tests and then you know you, you feel like well I can't go on holiday now yeah um and everything's quite uncertain yeah so and that's the big thing about health when it affects, yeah, the things you like to do and it's, yeah, stops you doing the things that you enjoy, which is the things that make us feel like ourselves, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was it like being on that diet then? <laughs> it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, it was really difficult because, so yeah, you just get these, pallets of these drinks basically from the pharmacist um and then that's all you can have you can have clear liquids as well like Mm. squash or black tea or coffee yeah 
Um, and then you just have to carry around these drinks with you. So if you're going to the office, you just take a couple of drinks in your bag and they're, they're like chocolate flavor or vanilla or fruits of the forest. And then when everyone Ooh. else is having their lunch at Ooh. work, you're just having a drink. So it's quite difficult. And then you realize how much of your socializing is mm. all eating and drinking, especially in the run up to Christmas. Yeah. Um, so that's difficult. You can't really go out to a restaurant with friends. You can't really, you can go to the pub, but all you can have is a soda and lime. Mm. So you and couldn't drink any alcohol. No. Mm. And I feel like it's all right when you're at home, but when you're out and everyone just feels so sorry for you. Mm. So it's quite... You don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. Um, and also it makes you realize you're unwell because yeah. eating and drinking is such a normal part of the day. And when that, when all you've got is these drinks and you can't really look forward to it, mm. you're like, oh, right, I am really unwell now because yeah. I can't even eat food. Like that's a bit shocking. Mm -hmm. um, so were there any side effects from I mean from being on that diet or did um, it help your symptoms straight away no it didn't help them at all which was bad mm. um they the consultant called me up after two weeks and was like are these drinks you know putting you into remission I was like no I still feel really unwell um and that was kind of it was a bit like the symptoms of food poisoning just every night and every morning just feeling really unwell and got, having to go to the toilet a lot and having a lot of pain and you know, and you know you're going to be unwell and you sort of get sweaty and like, <laughs> it was like that. Um, mm. And then, so they weren't helping. And then I think because they just weren't very nice. I was, and because I was unwell, I was losing quite a lot of weight. So um, yeah, I was losing weight mm. and I didn't feel like I could exercise. Yeah, I didn't feel like I could socialize. Mm. So yeah it just wasn't very fun yeah so they just so at what point then did they decide well they <clears> still <throat> asked me to stay on them uh, for yeah. five weeks yeah because at least it's easier for your tummy than real food okay okay lovely that's the first half the answer to the question what experience is vicky talking about with me is her experience of being diagnosed with Crohn's. She talks about the symptoms that prompted her to visit the GP, the invest, invest, investigative <laughs> procedure of the colonoscopy, and what happened following her initial diagnosis. Secondly, she's describing the liquid-only diet she was started on. Unfortunately, it wasn't a success for her, she continued to feel unwell, she was losing weight and didn't have the energy to exercise. It was also very difficult due to the impact it had on her being able to go out with friends to enjoy eating and drinking. And I think how Vicky described this was really effective. And I feel like it's all right when you're at home, but when you're out and everyone just feels so sorry for you. Mm. So it's quite, you don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. Um... And also it makes you realize you're unwell because yeah. eating and drinking is such a normal part of the day. And when that, when all you've got is these drinks and you can't really look forward to it, mm. you're like, oh, right, I am really unwell now because yeah. I can't even eat food. Like that's a bit shocking. In the second half, Vicky talks about the next treatment they tried her on, infliximab infusions. This then led to her self-injecting a form of the same drug herself. 
try and answer the questions. How often does Vicky self-inject this drug? And where was she when she did her very first injection? But in that time, they got me on a... um, They got me ready to start on infliximab infusions. Okay, Um, okay. So that's when you go to hospital and just sit there while you get an infusion of the drugs. Right. right. Um, And that worked almost instantly once I started that. And how often do you go, did you have to go for them? Um, I think I went about six times Mm -hmm. and it was kind of, I went and then I went in two weeks time. Then I went in a month's time. Then I went in six weeks time. Right. Um, and they were sort of leaving longer and longer gaps to see okay. how your body reacted. Mm-hmm. And so I did that from November until May of this year. And then in May, I started self-injecting every two weeks instead wow. of having to go to hospital. Mm-hmm. So that's way easier. Mm. It's so much less of an impact on your life just to inject once every two weeks. Mm, mm. So you do So you do that now? Yeah. Right, right. And so did someone come around and show you how to do it? <laughs> I had to have a video call with a nurse wow, wow. and she had to watch me do the first yeah. one on the video call. And I actually had to go into the office on that day. So yeah. I was in a meeting room <laughs> with my <laughs> top up, <laughs> stabbing myself. Um, well, well done. Well but done. yeah, it well, lots of people have to self inject much more than once every two weeks. So, mm. I mean, it's so infrequent that I often forget to do it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 fine once you get used to it. It's mm-hmm. it's nothing really. So I feel really lucky. And is it a so it's just a subcutaneous injection? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's just in a pen. So you just oh okay push the pen into your tummy and then just wait. And it just does it itself. Nice. And do you have to keep it in the fridge? Yeah, you do have to keep it in the fridge. And then you have to remember to get it out of the fridge half an hour before you want to use yeah, it. Yeah, because otherwise it stings a bit more, yeah. doesn't it, when it's yeah. cold? Apparently yeah, apparently it does, yeah. Um, and they, yeah, they deliver new ones when you need new ones. And they take away your sharp spin when it's full. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's an, it is an extra thing to think about isn't it yeah it is and you sort of have to because I'm going on holiday Mm. in a few weeks for two weeks so I was trying to work out if I can if I'm going to have to take an injection with me and if Mm. so like I think you get a certificate to say you know when you're getting on the plane yeah I'm allowed this injection but actually it'll work out luckily that I just inject on the day I go and then inject on the day I come back because the two Mm. weeks have just worked out really well Mm, mm. so it's just yeah it is an extra thing to think about and keeping up with when you're running out and ordering more and yeah keeping like in contact with the hospital so that they can like refill your prescription and it is just another layer of admin yeah 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 um and but with your symptoms now how how would you describe them as yeah well I'm luckily I'm in remission so I feel totally fine Okay. which is really, really good. Yeah. So I feel really lucky. And it's taken a while to get to this point because while they're trying different drugs 
um mm. sometimes you can have side effects and yeah um you know you can feel a bit unwell but the hospital's been so good at juggling things around and changing things so mm. yeah did they prepare you for that period of trial and error and your expectations do you feel like they were managed mm, I'm not sure because I think I think I felt every time we tried something new I kind of thought oh this will be it mm. um and when it wasn't I found that quite hard to take because yeah. you're so hopeful mm. and then it doesn't work out um and you think oh god I'm I'm the one that they won't be able to treat but really you are you just have to find the right treatment yeah yeah so and where did you go for information was that something you wanted like some people when they have a new diagnosis or you know they're really hungry for information some people um like myself included actually I'd uh, will I go through phases sometimes I want to know sometimes I just want to not hear about it um, yeah what about you did you I was really trying to find out everything I could yeah and the charity I think it's called like the Crohn's and Colitis UK or something mm. like that they have so much good information and they have information about every drug every procedure they talk yeah. you through like what's going to happen with colonoscopies you know what the hospital will likely say about different drugs how you inject them the potential side effects you know whether you can have alcohol with them all that kind of stuff so I read yeah. loads of that um and also on social media just like watching people's videos okay. on how they were dealing with their symptoms um and all their different experiences as well yeah it's almost like a like a community then yeah, yeah there is a really strong community around it and you can get involved as much or mm. as little as you'd like yeah um which is really good and also I think I got invited to like some um like online support groups and stuff so I did one of them which was really interesting and before I started injecting, one lady was on one of the support groups and she literally just injected before the video call. So she was showing everyone like how mm. to do it. So that was just a funny coincidence, but it's nice to know that other people are in a similar position. Yeah. And were you signposted to that information by the nurses and doctors you're working with? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, all the doctors and nurses um, suggested the... Crohn's charity website as a really good place okay. to go yeah and I think they work really closely together yeah to provide information and support so mm. and uh finally uh, so what range of healthcare professionals have you worked with um lots of nurses yeah and lots of research nurses who've been fab mm. they are so quick on email they're really supportive like so yeah really supportive um the consultant I've seen once and then I think a few registrars mm. I've seen um no, dietitians or... oh I did see a dietitian yeah the first time I went to the hospital I saw a dietitian who gave me the drinks <laughs> I blocked him <laughs> out of my mind <laughs> poor guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then the pharmacist <laughs> got obviously. to deliver that bad news <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, I see the pharmacist quite a lot now picking mm. up various things. Yeah. Um are they good for advice? Every yeah, there, they checking? are. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, like now, you know, I'm um, eligible for flu jabs and mm. COVID jabs. So, yeah, I speak to my G- like I speak to my GP way more. So, yeah, it's really different than before. Yeah, yeah. But a good sort of um, team for different oh, sorting yeah. out different. Yeah, amazing. Like, bobs. yeah, I never really had to interact with the NHS too much before. And now I can't believe how amazing it is and yeah how brilliant everyone is and how responsive and knowledgeable and yeah it's been amazing oh I'm glad glad you've had that well thank you Vicky for sharing with us you're welcome really really interesting thank you (laughs) thank you for having me (laughs) okay bye bye okay so the two questions we were listening for there were how many times does Vicky self-inject The answer is once every two weeks. Where was she the first time she self-injected? She was at work that day, so administered the injection in a meeting room. You heard Vicky describe how good the healthcare professionals she has worked with have been at supporting her. She described the research nurses as fab. Fab is a shortened version of the word fabulous. Fabulous is a strong adjective for when something is really good. Excellent. So thank you again to Vicky for talking so openly to us about her health. I'm very grateful to her and feel it can do a lot to increase awareness of this condition. I've put a link to the Crohn's and Kalitas UK webpage that she mentions as a fantastic source of information. So that's in the episode description. So you can learn more about Crohn's and colitis and also practice your reading skills. So thank you so much for listening today. Excellent work. Please do share this podcast with anyone else you know who is learning English and is interested in health. You can get in touch with me through my website or at helena at englishpracticeforhealthcare.com if you have any questions at all about learning English and particularly English for healthcare and communication with patients. Okay, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.